Well, welcome. Glad you're here today. I uh, I laughed when I found that video this week. I thought that was too funny, right? I think too often though we do fail in the area of celebrating, right? Uh, our kids, they they know how to do it, um, but as we get older, I think we lose this art of what it looks like to celebrate. Now, I doubt many of you have ever said or maybe even thought some of the things that are um, were our deep musings from our shallow Christian right there, but uh, I think sometimes that we forget that the church, the church is supposed to be the closest place to what heaven is going to be like one day here on earth. Amen? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's supposed to look like, it's supposed to look like heaven right here so while i've not ever been there right i've never been to heaven so i can't tell you exactly what i think it's going to be like i have some things that the bible tells me about it right but i've not been there to say this is what it's going to be but i think joy and exuberance are going to be one of those things that are going to be in heaven right i think there's going to be a lot of that and i have a pretty good idea that heaven's not going to be very solemn when we get there I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pretty excited that they're there in fact jesus Jesus describes that, that it's going to be like a wedding. In fact, actually a wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22. And sometimes, while it really, let's be honest about this in poor taste, we joke that a wedding um, for a man is like a funeral, right? For the most part, though, we understand that a wedding and a wedding feast is a big celebration. It's a happy occasion, a happy moment because weddings are filled with all kinds of joy and hope for the future of that happy couple well today today it's my aim it's my hope to give you some things to celebrate because god has been so good so good all right show of hands how many of you guys have one of these things yeah a lot of you so to be honest for a moment, it's always good when the pastor's honest with you, right? This is my fourth one, right? I, I started long ago with one called the 3G, right? The iPhone 3G. Now, I thought when I bought it that that meant that it was the third generation. That's what iPhone 3G would seem to mean to me, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't the third generation. It was the second generation. Take that up with iPhone, not with me. All right. It's kind of like how they came up with iPhone X slash 10 and they skipped over iPhone 9 somewhere in there. I don't really understand how they did that, but they did. But it was called the 3G, not because it was the third generation. It was called 3G because of the technology that was on it. It was the very first phone that used 3G internet connection. Right? And so it promised all of these things that no other phone at the time could possibly ever do, including that for the very first time you could carry around internet in your palm of your hand. It was unbelievable. And so almost 10 years ago now, I'm getting old, all right? 10 years ago, some of you are like, I was like three 10 years ago, right? Some of you are in the room, I, I know, I understand. But 10 years ago, right? We got this. Some of these kids were like, that phone with 3G, was that like in the 1900s? <laughs> no, it was just 10 years ago, all right? And so now, if your phone, if your phone that you got, if it was to connect to 3G internet on it, you'd be like, what's wrong with this thing? Like, is our network broken? Like, you'd be like, call the provider. Like, AT&T, we've got a serious problem. My phone only gets 3G up here. What's going on, right? Because we just, we, we've come to expect the next 
thing on the, on our phones, which for most of us is LTE. Of course, some of you know that there's this new thing that's coming out right now, right? 5G. All the carriers right now, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, they're all trying to convince you that they have the best 5G network, right? It's the newest and greatest thing, and so they're telling you that theirs has the most coverage, or in the case of Sprint, um, we're close and you can pay less for us. Right. Sounds like a good marketing campaign, I suppose. Um, by the way, we use that as a church. We're not perfect, we're just close. And what we mean by that is we're just close to where you live. <laughs> so if Sprint can do it, we can do it too. Um, but uh, here it is, 5G has been released and everybody is um, trying to get their 5G networks up. And of course, 5G, um, there are some incredible promises about 5G. Let me tell you just a, a few of them about what uh, 5G is supposed to be able to do. 5G is supposed to be able to transfer data fast enough to allow for self-driving cars to be able to communicate with one another in a nanosecond. That's what they think 5G technology will be able to do. I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. 5G technology is going to allow for us to have virtual reality gaming consoles in our hands. 5G technology is going to allow for augmented reality. Check this out. Tech Radar said that they think that within the next couple of years that your car will have smart glass on the windows. And that this 5G technology will allow when you drive by a billboard, that smart glass will put an advertisement on that bulletin board, right, that reflects an interest that you have, much like how Amazon always knows what you've been looking at. It's incredible. Not only that, it's supposed to have so much more bandwidth. Right, that when you live stream something, like we live stream it, like sometimes we like to FaceTime and we have those dropout spots that happens. 5G is supposed to eliminate that. You could walk into any space at any time and you could live stream or FaceTime, not only on one platform, but multiple platforms, what's happening. 5G is supposed to allow us to move not from just 4K streaming, but to 8K streaming. We don't have anything that has 8K right now. And they're talking about that it would have 8K streaming capabilities. How many of you are excited about 5G now, right? I'm telling you, it's incredible. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, that's really good, but we didn't come to hear about 3G and LTE and 5G, so why in the world are you talking to us about all of these things? Why does this even matter? It's a good question. Early on in the, in the life of this church, actually before this church was ever even born, um, God laid a vision on my heart for this church and for this community. And it was to lead a bunch of people, right? We call those people Jesus followers, right? That's the church. A group of people who have collectively said that we're about the mission and the message of Jesus together. We're going to do this thing together, the church. And so God laid on my heart that, that our job here was to lead Jesus followers, to lead the church, to actually live out being the church. I was like, man, that's a huge vision. But God, what does that look like? What does that mean to be the church? And so I began to, to do some looking and some hunting. And some of you may know this, some of you may not, but our name, the church at Australia, comes straight out of the book of Acts, right? Every time I read about a church in Acts, it was always the church at, and whatever location they were in, the church at Laodicea, the church at Antioch, the church at Jerusalem, the church at, I noticed a pattern. And I was like, hmm, if it was good enough 
there in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, it's probably good enough for us. So our name came straight from that. We were like, listen, we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to try to be like Redemption Road Baptist Church of the third street on the left for five houses down from where you live. We're not going to try to be some community church, this, that, and the other. We're just going to be the church at the location where we're at. Happens to be Australia. That's our name. That's where it came from, straight out of the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is um, it's a really interesting book. If you've never read it, it's a great one. I challenge you to take the next um, couple of weeks and read through the book of Acts. It's the only book of history in the New Testament. We have books of history in the Old Testament, but the book of Acts is the only history book in the New Testament. And you say, wait, Pastor Charles, what about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Aren't those books of history? No, those are actually the Gospels. Those are the stories of the good news, the story of Jesus, and how it is that he came to offer salvation and eternal life for all people. That's their story. But the book of Acts moves that story and says, listen, there's a group of people who began to follow what Jesus had done and what Jesus had said, and we're trying to figure out how to live that together. And actually, Luke, the author, takes us on a journey where he sees the church start in Jerusalem, move out to Judea and Samaria, and then get all the way out to the outermost parts of the world. In fact, as we end the book of Acts, we find that the church is headed to Rome, which at that time was the edge of the known world for them. And we, we, in comparison to where they were at then, would be the outermost edges of the earth. Those disciples had no idea about Australia in Phoenix, Arizona. No clue when Jesus said that he wanted the church to go to all these places, that that's what it meant. And so, as I was reading through the book of Acts, I came to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and it says this. Let me just read it. You can see it on the screen, or if you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to open them up and read it with me. It says, and they, that's the, the disciples, all of those early followers, the church, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the apostles are, are the same disciples that sent underneath Jesus. Apostles just means sent out ones. And so these were the ones that were being sent out. They were on mission. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were gathered and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day attended the temple together, and they broke bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And they gave praises to God, and they had favor with all the people. And then check this out. This is what it says at the very end. It says, and then the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Well, at the same time that I was reading through Acts and looking for um, what the church is supposed to do what it was all about and looking at that early church i was reading a guy named rick warren now some of you may know who rick is um, pastor rick's pa pastors this little small church over in california they run about forty thousand a weekend um, it's called saddleback church if you haven't ever heard about it it's okay it's a small thing right like a city 
fact, recently I, I just saw that they celebrated 50,000 baptisms in the past, I think, almost 40 years. Incredible. Incredible. Anyways, as I was reading this passage, I was listening to Pastor Rick as he said something about the church and about this passage. And he used it to define their church, the church at Saddleback. And Pastor Rick said that this passage laid out the things that a church should be doing. He got my attention, right? He said, these are the things that a church should be doing. And so Pastor Rick used five really big churchy words. He said, here's the five functions of the church. They're worship, discipleship, fellowship. He had a good ship theme going on here, right? It's like the, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. But after that, he was out just like Columbus, so he moved on. Um, and there was evangelism and then ministry and service. Five functions of the church. These were the five things that any healthy church needed to do in order to be a healthy church. And I was like, okay, God, if that's what a healthy church looks like and does, how do I begin to help people to do those things together to be a church? So I went back, I prayed, and I began to, sometimes we use the churchy word meditate, it really just means chew on, right? And I just began to chew on this passage and go, God, what, what do you want to say to us about what's going on here. If, if this is what a church is supposed to do, God, how, how do I help this group of people to do that? How do I help them to, to gather? And that word began to just rattle around about gathering. As I read back through, I was like, listen, they were gathered together when they were doing the apostles' teaching, and they were gathered together when they were breaking bread, and they were gathered together when the signs happened, and they were gathered together in all of these things. And I was like, wow, God, what, what you're saying is then maybe that, that we should be a church that's about gathering. I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. And so, and, and I was like, God, as we gather, it seems like what would kind of naturally happen is that we'd begin to grow. I was like, God, I see a pattern. Gathering, growing, and then of course it's hard to get away from the idea of go. We've just had a, an entire series, if you're just joining us today for the first time, we just walked out of a series where we talked about that third piece of what we think a church does, of go. We talked about it for three weeks, about what going looks like in each of our lives. Jesus commanded it. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, we're in 2 right now, but in chapter 1, he sends them out and he says, listen, I want you to go and I'm going to give you all power and authority. You don't have to be afraid of anything. And so I was like, this is genius, right? Gather, grow, go. These are three G's that really, if I was to go back and look at it, this kind of sums up the same five things that Pastor Rick had talked about. I've narrowed it down into three things. This is incredible, God, right? Yeah. yeah, this is memorable. This is good. I think we can do this. Now, I thought at the moment that nobody had ever thought about these three things together before. <laughs> and as far as all of you are concerned, because none of you are going to go home and Google this and find out that we're not even on the first page of churches that have gather, grow, and go as part of their vision, right? We are the only place that is living this out. I promise, all right? So... But listen, here's what it is. Gather. Gather really is two parts of those functions that Pastor Rick talked about. It's about that 
fellowship and worship aspect. We gather together here every single week as a large body of people, but we don't just gather in large groups, we gather in small groups too. In fact, I love it because Acts 2 talked about that, that they gathered in the temple and they gathered in homes. Have you ever wondered why it is that maybe we don't have um, like groups that meet on campus, right? Some churches do that, it's fine. But when we looked at Acts, we were like, Listen, the early church, they didn't have any room either. They were actually, you may not know this, they were borrowing from the temple where they went to go meet. That was the Jewish synagogue, right? So just like we're in a school that's not an actual church place, they were going to a place that was not their actual church either. It was the synagogue. It was designed for something totally different. They're like, well, it's still about God and we're still going to be worshiping. And so we can, they're not using it on Sunday. They use it on Saturday. And then we'll meet in the homes the rest of the week because we can get together in homes. And so we gather all, and it's all about an invitation for others to join in when we talk about gathering. Then we get to grow. Grow is really that discipleship, right, of Jesus' followers. Right? We not only grow physically, but we grow spiritually. And really, as the church plant has taken root in this place where God has placed us, we've seen that growth begin to happen. And then finally, go is really that aspect of evangelism and ministry and or service. So I was like, look, those three things cover all five of the functions of the church. But as I was, as I was putting that together, I should have seen this day today coming. Because at some point, I should have understood that if I was saying that we were a 3G church, that at some point, 4G and 5G and 6G were going to show up. And it was going to beg the question of, can a 3G church be relevant in a 5G world? Can a 3G church be relevant in a 5G G world. Now, some of you are probably like, Pastor, I think you might be making a mountain out of a molehill here. I never would have ever thought about that. But you know what? We have thought about, is the church still relevant today? In fact, I think there's lots of people that ask that question that stand outside of the church and go, I'm just not sure if the church is really relevant to my life or how it really affects me. And as a church, we could say that we're relevant by just adding more words so that we had moved from being a 3G church to a 4G church and eventually a 5G church. In fact, there were some great words that are in that passage, like the word generous, right? It's there. I like that one. I think the church should be generous. I think that's a great word for a church to be. Um, we talk about generosity often. We think that God has generously given to us, and so that because of that blessing that we should generously give to others. And there's that awful word, Ben. We could use it, G, give, right? I only just gets my spine shudder just a little bit. Some of you are like, why? Giving's important. It is. You're right. We wouldn't survive without giving. But so many people, so many people think that all the church wants is their money. And so if we're going to stand up on a Sunday morning and say, listen, here's the vision of our church, that we're going to gather, we're going to grow, we're going to go, and we want you to give. I was like, man, I just can't do that every Sunday. I'm okay with telling, telling people that we've been richly blessed, and so because of that, we need to be a blessing to other people, that we need to live generous lives. 
But wow, if people struggle with that already, man, I struggle with putting that as a part of the vision about what we should say to people about what we are. So at the end of the day, I come to the fact that I don't think that adding more words makes the church more relevant. I don't think it changes who it is that we're supposed to be. But if that's the case, then I have to answer the question about can a 3G church be effective in a 5G world? Is that possible? Specifically, could this church be relevant to other people's lives? Over the past year, we've gathered together for corporate worship, or what this passage would call in the temple, 52 times. 52 Sundays, we met all 52 of them. We did good. In that, we averaged 110 people attending in those 52 services this year. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let me tell you what it was one year ago before that. This is our second birthday, right? In 2018, we also met 52 times. We're on a roll here, people. I think, I think in 2020, we might also meet 52 times, just in case you were Thanks, Rob. You just want to play your guitar a little bit more. That's all that was, right? So, but in 2018, we averaged 76 people across those 52 times. So in 2019, to grow to 110 is a growth of 70 percent that's awesome that's awesome by the way in 2019 we only had one month that we averaged less than a hundred people in service and that was the month of july yeah that's phenomenal you guys are incredible because that means that you guys last year in 2019 with all of your inviting that you did, we're going to talk about that in just a second, moved us from a bottom 50% church to a top 50% church. Right? Yeah, you can give God some glory on that. That's so good. Listen, in that same 52 weeks, you guys invited and brought over 300 first-time guests to come and check out this church. One out of two of those first-time guests came back a second time. One out of two of those second-time guests came back a third time. And one out of two of those came back and are regularly attending in this fellowship over the last year. How awesome is that? <laughs> By the way, since we've started, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if it was mentioned during the welcome card, but if you fill out your email on the welcome card, we now give you a $5 gift. If you share your email, we send you an email that says, hey, choose one of these four charities and we'll send a $5 gift on your behalf just because you came and worshiped with us. Since we started doing that, since we started doing that, we have donated to five different charities a total of over $1,000. Listen, don't quit inviting. I dream of the day that on my doors, hey, I'm with such and such a charity. We'd like to talk with you about that first time guest program that you have about how we could be in. 
hey, we're with such and such a charity. I'd like to talk with you because we're bringing so many of your friends that are coming for the very first time that the charities can't wait to be a part of that program about saying, we want to be in with you guys because we know what you're doing and we want to be a part of that. So don't quit inviting your friends and your family and your neighbors. That's gathering. And obviously, we've already talked a little bit about how gathering like that leads to growing. And we did. We saw some numerical growth as we talked about. <clears throat> In fact, I, it'll happen. We got real close to breaking 200 for the very first time on Christmas Eve. We had 189 people here on Christmas Eve. It was awesome. Yeah, you can give God glory. I'm okay with that. Because it's not about me. It's about everything that God's doing because... Listen, we've talked about it this past year with all of that crazy physical growth, those numerical things that we saw. We really felt like it was a year where God was doing a lot more growing behind the scenes and growing people in leadership and growing them in discipleship. And so let me see if I can just help you to get a little bit of a handle on some of those things, because that sort of growth is a lot harder to measure than that physical growth curve is. So in 2019, we had eight people that said for the first time, yes to Jesus. Yeah. Today, today we're going to baptize three more, right? And these will be numbers 21, 22, and 23. And so over the last 24 months, we've baptized 24 people. Yeah. Incredible. We've averaged almost one a month, and so I'm super excited about that. By the way, the ones today, we've got two kiddos and one teenager. It's great, but most of those baptisms have actually been adults, and we've had a few senior adults on stuff. And not only that, because baptisms are great, but they don't represent all of the salvations that have been a part of this room. And in the last two years, the last two years, 35 people have said yes to Jesus because this church exists. And here's my favorite. We tell you guys on our welcome card, we say, hey, there's a prayer section. Share with us your prayer request. Some of you share with us the people that you're praying for. You're like, I am praying desperately for my husband to come to know Jesus. I'm praying desperately for my son-in-law. I'm praying for my daughter. I'm praying for, and you put those people down. And our staff, we pray for those every single time that we get together as a staff because it's important to us. We know it's important to you, and we're so glad that your heart hurts for them and you want to see them come to know Jesus. And two of my favorite stories this year were other churches that somebody invited that son-in-law, somebody invited a daughter that we were praying for here, and they said yes to Jesus at another church. That's awesome. And so... We saw God not only directly impacting growth inside of this church, but we saw him indirectly impacting growth inside of this church. I was so stoked by that. Not only that, we launched four new community groups, four new places for you to get together with people in their homes, to study God's word, to gather together, and to begin to go. One of those new groups, right, we've been talking about go, and for us, go means that you pick a people group. Right? And by a people group, we don't mean like somebody over in Africa that you would never see. We're talking about people that live here in Australia or next to it. And we say, listen, we want you to pick a people. 
There are people groups of all kinds. There are soccer player peoples. There are basketball playing peoples. There are peoples that go do bunko. There are people that play golf. I mean, you name it, there are all kinds of people up here that have something that connects them together. And so we challenge all of our different groups. We said, listen, we want you as a group to pick a people. We want you to begin to pray about that people that you've picked. And then we want you to begin to think about how could we purposefully pursue that people. I want to tell you about one group. It started in the fall. It was a brand new group. It was two families. They said, you know what? God has already laid a people on our heart as, as this two families. And they said, what God has laid on our heart is, is that we would reach all of the houses that are being built around us for him. I said, great. I said, okay, you guys need to start meeting, and you guys need to start praying, and you guys need to start beginning to think about going. And so that group of two began to meet, and early on it was just the two of them, just those two families that were together. And they came to me, and they're like, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work. We've talked to everybody, we're inviting them, they're just, they just haven't showed up yet. I was like, it's okay. If God has placed this people in your heart, you just continue to pray for them, and you continue to pursue them. Slowly, slowly those people began to show up in our room and they began to show up in their group. Christmas Eve, or excuse me, Christmas, they did a Christmas block party for their neighbors and they had 50 neighbors who showed up for a block party. They're going to continue doing things. In fact, they're excited. They're going to do a screwball party the same way and they're hoping that all of their neighbors show up for that because that's their people group who they are pursuing in order to Share the gospel with them. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's the kind of growth that you can't measure, but that's people who are taking steps to be more like Jesus. This past year, we moved from having just a handful of leaders to now we have over 25 leaders who are leading different teams inside of this church to make everything happen. That you see not only on a Sunday, but during the week um, and in those groups and places. It's incredible. It takes a ton of people to make the church be and function and to, to be what it's supposed to be. And those leaders have been stepping up and growing up and leading out in the places. And it's just incredible to watch as God continues to work in all of their lives. In fact, one of my favorites is prior to 2019, we didn't have a ladies' ministry. Now, I'd love to tell you that I was part of building a wonderful, amazing ladies' ministry that we had here. I wasn't. One day, in about the first part of January, three ladies cornered me after a service. And they said, Pastor Charles, we need a ladies' ministry. I said, okay, what does that look like? They said, what do we want to do? We want to do one gather on a Saturday a month. I was like, okay, who's in charge of that? We are. We've already got the first six planned out. I said, you didn't even know if I was going to say yes. I said, we didn't care. We're doing it whether you said yes or not. I was like, these are the ladies. This is the, they've got it. They're on it. And then they said, on top of that, we want to do this Bible study. I said, great, let's do it. Who's going to, where are you going to host it at? How's it going to work? And so they planned at that moment that they were just going to host it at one location. Then they had signups and they needed two locations. I was like, wow, that's incredible. They're like, yeah, we have a, one that meets during the day and one that meets at night because we had some different needs on, on everything. And then about 20 ladies that signed up for that first set of Bible studies. And it was incredible. And then they came to the fall. And in the fall, they had 40 ladies. Yeah, give them, yeah, exactly. 40 ladies who signed up. And get this. 
home. Not all of those ladies are members or a part of this church. Not all of those ladies even go to church anywhere. That's when God gets incredible glory. And that same group of ladies, I'm so stoked. They're about to have a ladies conference um, and God's just gonna blow the doors off. If you haven't signed up for that already, you need to. You need to be here to be a part of that because God's hand is all over those ladies as they just want to seek him and try to figure out how to get their lives rooted in Jesus. It's going to be good. You don't want to miss out on that. So, that's incredible. But what about go? Pastor, you've talked about gather and the things that have happened there. You've talked about growing, but... I mean, a young church, you're just celebrating your second birthday. How in the world, as a church, could you possibly be going? Well, I've got some mind-blowing things for you here, too. Last year, last year, you guys gave 15000 more than we spent, all right? And we actually overspent our budget. Our budget was 175. We spent uh, a little closer to about 195, right? And you guys gave over and above what we spent, which was incredible. Absolutely amazing that you guys were so generous to be a part of that. But I want to tell you this. One out of every $10 that was given was put right back into ministry that was focused on our community. Things like the Easter egg hunt that had over 100 families, 300 people that came and were a part of that. Things like serving with our HOA. Things like, well, even things like today, where we're inviting friends, but today doesn't count, right? This is 2020 stuff, not 2019 stuff. And so one out of every $10 stayed right here in this community. Another one out of $10 went together with other churches that think like we do, believe like we do, and headed the same direction as we are. We call it the cooperative program. And so two out of every $10 went back straight into missions. But wait, one more. We had a project in October where we raised money specifically for Star in order to set a storage unit out there. Some of you have asked me about this because you're like, Pastor, I know we raised the money. We raised almost $10,000 for that. Where are those storage units? Man, to be honest, I'd given up on it, right? We had gone back and forth with the school board. The school was excited about it, and the school needed it desperately, but the school board didn't want all the liability that comes with it. And so the school board, had, even though the, the, the principal had said yes, the school board came back and was like, no, we're not going to do it. We were like, oh my goodness. And we'd gone through lawyers and everything trying to help to, to convince and to, to, to get all the things in a row. Finally, at the end of 2019, we finally sent a $500 check to um, the company that we had purchased and had painted the boxes from and had been sitting on their lot for almost three and a half months at that point and said, we're so sorry, I don't think this is going to happen. We did that, and then Monday, a week ago Monday, the school board voted, and they gave us the contract to be able to say we could put not only their storage unit, but our storage unit right next to theirs, right behind, and they're getting dropped and so with all of that ministry opportunities that took place what that means is is that one in four dollars that was given here in this room went back into missions and fulfilling the message of jesus christ that's amazing that's incredible you guys are so awesome but i'm gonna i'm gonna step you up one more 
2018, we had 11 mission teams that came out from partner churches that were with us, and they helped us in the community, and together with them, we spent about 10,000 hours in our community on mission, doing something, serving, and engaging in that. In 2019, we cut the number of mission teams in half. We had six teams that came. We had about, uh, let me check my numbers here, we had about 75 people that came as a part of those teams that were here. So almost cut everything in half. And you guys stepped up in between the gap and we had 12,000 hours of community service that we did over the last 12 months. That's a thousand hours a month. It's not what it came, that's not how it came out, but uh, that's what it averages to. And so I couldn't believe it that you guys invested all of that time and energy, not only with what you gave in physical resources, but what you gave in your time and your energy and your effort to serve the people here in Australia and just say, you know what? We want them to know that we care about them. We know the world is broken all around, but we care desperately about our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, the people that are around us, our family, and we're gonna show it in whatever way we possibly can, and you guys have lived it. Yeah, so good. So, so I ask you now, what do you think that God thinks about a 3G church in a 5G world? Do you think that it's still relevant? Do you think he still wants to use a church like this in order to make an impact in the world around us? Yeah. I don't think it matters if the world becomes a 6G, a 7G, an 8G world. I think God said, keep doing what you're doing. Keep gathering. Keep inviting your friends. Keep inviting your family. Keep inviting your neighbors. Keep doing the things. Keep growing. Keep leaning in, not only in that physical growth because God will bring it, but keep leaning in on what it looks like to, to spiritually grow, to challenge yourself, to be discipled, to, to dig into his word, to say, you know what? I'm going to give up eating for a week just so we can fast and pray for this church. Fifteen of you joined me on that a week ago. Say, I'm in. I want to be in on that. We're going to pray for this church and this community to see what God wants to do. I laughed. Should have seen that a 3G was going to be a problem when 5G comes out. And here it is, 2020. That's like perfect hindsight, right? But God is doing huge, huge things. And today, today we celebrate not because, not because I did incredible things. Really not even because you did incredible things, but because God has done incredible things. There's a great story in the Bible about a man named Joshua. Joshua was the leader of the Israelites after Moses. Moses was like the guy, right? He like leads them out of um, slavery. They become a nation underneath him. And then Joshua has to take over after that. That's like the worst job ever. It's like the guy who had to follow um, George Washington um, as our nation's president. That'd be so difficult. And the first thing that Joshua has to do is he has to cross over a river to take all of the Israelites into the promised land. And God does a miracle for Joshua, the same that he had done for Moses, where he parts the waters. And the Israelites walk across the Jordan on dry land. When they get to the other side, Joshua looks at everybody and he says, listen. He says, I'm going to pick somebody from each tribe, one person. I want you to go back. I want you to find a huge rock that's in the middle of the, the riverbed. And I want you to grab it. I want you to bring it out. And we're going to put a memorial 
something to help us to remember to celebrate what God has done. And so 12 guys went in and they come out and they build this memorial, this thing to help them remember. Later, it's called Gilgal, right? And it means the circle of stones. And Joshua says, listen, I want you to look back at the circle of stones, and I don't want you to ever forget to tell your kids the story about what happened. In fact, Moses was so concerned about this, the entire book of Deuteronomy, right? Moses helped compose five books, Genesis, the book about the beginning, Exodus, the book about when the people exited out of the promised land, Leviticus, right, the, the book that's all about what the priests are supposed to do, Numbers, the book of how many people there were, and then he gets to the last book that he writes, Deuteronomy, and the thing that he says over and over again is, remember, 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 remember to celebrate what God has done. And so Joshua, the very first thing, he's like, it's like ringing in his ears. He's like, Moses has said, remember, 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 remember. And so he says, people, I want you to remember. So they pull it all out and they set it up to remember. Next time we find out about this place is when the prophets are talking about that God is going to rain down destruction on this area of Gilgal. Because the people forgot about what God had done. And it became an eyesore to God. And he didn't want to see it anymore. And he didn't want the people to see it anymore because they had forgotten about what God had done. The reason that we celebrate today, the reason we have a big party today is because God has been so good. And I don't want us to forget what God has done. Let me pray for us. God, I'm so thankful that you are still using a 3G church in a 5G world. God, that you are doing incredible things right here as you just continue to build your church. And God, we look forward to this year. I know that you've challenged my heart and you've challenged our leader's heart for this to be the year that we become our own church, that we tell our partners, hey, thank you for joining with us, but this is the moment that we're going to, to break away. And we look forward to the day in just a, a couple of years when we'll call you back and say, help us to plant another church, number two, number three, and number four. But God, you have been so good. And we just want to remember and celebrate today the things that you have done. God, help us not to forget. Help us not to take the credit. But also help us not to quit. Don't quit gathering. Not to quit growing. And God, if any of them could be labeled as being more important than the others, maybe... Maybe it's going. Let us not quit going. And we just give you all of the glory and all of the honor. In your name we pray. Amen.